Okay, guys, welcome back to the Season Amateurs Podcast. Uh, I can't do it. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to cut farther. We're just going to cut farther. Guys, I'm not wearing pants right now. I feel like, you know, I'm- <laughs> I'd be like, that's two weeks in a row. Like, what What made you think you could start recording at that time? I, like, I, you it should was kinda, know yourself better than that. <laughs> I was trying to go farther, but you wouldn't have let me because I would have thrown it to you and you guys would have been crying laughing. So it wouldn't have I'm worked. A professional. Oh, my God. I, I actually have composure. Okay. Oh, God. All right. All right. Here we go. Quiet. Hey guys, welcome back to the Season Amateurs Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm here with Josh, Chris, and De- Ty or Dad. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the draft. So if you didn't know, the draft happened this past weekend. And there's a lot of moves, a lot of surprises. Uh, but we're going to start real quick, uh, go a little round table, and just give, before we dive into a couple of these picks and, and dig into them. Uh, and then we're also going to be talking about some fantasy value as well for for some of these players we are going to start with who we think won the draft who's uh chris i'm gonna go to you first who's your who did the best draft unfortunately i'm taking the patriots because i think they landed the exact guy they want at a much later pick that he was expected to go they landed mac jones at their pick without even having to trade up so uh dad who do you think won the draft Uh, well, you are muted, so uh, we're going to the draft. Start. I would probably go oh, with the go. Jets. There you go. Okay, you're you're there. Jets. I'm okay. sorry, the Jets. Josh, who you got? I would go with the Cleveland Browns. Getting a Wusu Koromoa, in my mind, a first-round pick in the second round. Schwartz is great. Tommy Togiai. I will say Denver had a great draft. Jets had a great draft, but I say the Browns won it. I almost went Browns, but I went L.A. Chargers. Getting Rashawn Slater, getting Asante Samuel Jr., Josh Palmer, and Trey McKitty in their first four picks. Get not only protection, but some weapons for uh, for Justin Herbert. Who, Josh, I'm going to come back to you. I'm going to go back around the horn the other way. Josh, who do you think had the worst draft? I'm going to go ahead and go with the Green Bay Packers. Um, not that Stokes is terrible, but I think it's a bit of a reach there. I do like Amari Rodgers in the third round, but – you lose the draft when you might be losing your franchise quarterback, and they did nothing to really sway Aaron Rodgers. They lost this draft last year. <laughs> Dad, who you got? Um, I'm looking more at, like, the Raiders. I just think that they are they needed some holes, a lot of holes filled, and they didn't really get what they wanted for them. Yeah, Chris, who do, you, who, who do you think lost the draft? I know we disagree, but we're not going to talk about it. You know – I, w- I was tossing up two. One is the one is the 49ers just because I think they traded up unnecessarily. So I don't think they lost the draft. I just don't like that. But I'm going to agree with Josh Birch. I mean, I think the Packers lost the draft because, I mean, like you said, they lost their franchise quarterback. So their franchise is going to go on a downward slope because they don't know how to help Aaron Rodgers in the first round. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, kind of a surprise team. I'm going to say New Orleans. I think New Orleans lost the draft, uh, taking Peyton Turner, who maybe is a day two, round two, round three pick on in, at, in round one, when you still had Jason Elway and Je- Gregory Rousseau still on the board. You took Pete Werner in the second, who's not terrible, but they're, he, they don't really need that position yet. And then they also took Ian Book in the fourth round, who I really don't like at the quarterback position. Uh, his passing isn't great, but 
He, he can run. I kind of think there's a chance he takes on like the Taysom Hill role in a year or two. If he loses the job and wants to go somewhere else, there's a chance he could take that role. I could see, but well, those are our winners and losers. Uh, we're going to talk about some of these top picks. So we're, we're going to kind of jump through uh, defense, offense, uh, jump down the draft, but we're going to start with, I wouldn't necessarily say the surprise of the draft. There's some other surprises, but it was a surprise real quick at pick number three with San Francisco taking Trey Lance over Mac Jones. And if you remember, I had Mac Jones going to San Francisco, my mock, they ended up going with Trey Lance. And so guys, I want to hear from you. What do you, what do you think about the Trey Lance pick? I'll leave it open. I like, well, here's the thing. You guys know that I'm not super high on Trey Lance. And I think in our first episode, I talked about them going after Justin Fields just because I felt like he fit the 49ers offense better. But, you know, I'm, I'm surprised Trey Lance went this early, mainly because I don't see why the 49ers would trade up to pick three to take a guy who would probably be there towards the later end of the eight through 10. So, I think that's the only reason I don't like the pick, but I, I think, like I said, when we talk about risk and high upside, I think Trey Lance is at the top of the list of the boomer bust because I think he could be fantastic and he could be a trash can. So we'll see. I think. Pre- oh, sorry. Go no, go on, Josh. Go on. I think I think he is a huge risk. But man, this guy has almost unlimited potential. You know, when you hear the things, you know, when you hear about people from North Dakota State talking about him, his intelligence, the the off-field stuff that you want. This is no, this is no Jamarcus Russell, um, you know, those LSU guys, but no, no guy who's not going to be studying film and doing what is needed to succeed. This guy seems to to just have everything you want physically, mentally, the work ethic, and he is a big risk, but they're bringing him into a situation where he doesn't have to play until Jimmy G inevitably gets hurt, but that at least kicks the can down part of the road. And I'll, so I'll I, I do really like that pick. I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Do you think Trey Lance is ready to go week one? Do you think they're ready to, if they they trade Jimmy G right now, do you think he's ready to go week one, Josh? I, I think he could. I think in Kyle Shanahan's offense, he could get thrust in there as a week one starter. It would not be ideal, but he's not going to be one of the worst quarterbacks in the lead. He's going to be middle of the pack in Kyle Shanahan's office. I think right, with go I think with uh, what you asked us now, Dylan, I think the fact that Shanahan and, and, and the, the whole like organization is expected to Super Bowl or bust because they had all these factors. You know, they were there two years ago. I don't think if you put him in week one, you're really looking that you're going to get there. But I will say this when, with Trey, with, with Trey Lance, that pick, I think that was the key to this draft, like where people were going to go. Um, I, you know, all the analysts said it, that everything after the third pick was going to be up in the air. And then it really did go up in the air after the fourth pick, I think from then on. And we'll talk about that. Chris, what were you going to say? Yeah, I mean, off of your question and kind of similar to what Josh was saying is when you're going to the 49ers, they don't need a quarterback to come in and be fantastic. I think Trey Lance is a guy who could come in week one. He doesn't have to play great because they have a really good team. 
And I think it'd be a good way to develop him early and get all those rough spots out early so that he can develop and be ready to make big plays later on in the season. So I think he definitely is a guy that you can start week one, not because of his talent, but because that team allows it. So, well, I would disagree. So I I think he could start week one. I do agree. I think he could start week one. I think it would benefit him a lot because I think I believe in the podcast when we were talking about the mock, I think I said he needs to, he needs to sit at least a year. Uh, But after reconsidering, after thinking about it, I think it would benefit him a lot to sit. I mean, you look at all the great quarterbacks that do sit Rogers, Mahomes. I'm not saying he's those guys, but those guys sat for a year, two, three years, and then it helped them a lot. Um, but I think for him especially, he's had – I heard this stat, and I thought it was pretty crazy. He's had 318 college passes in his career. And so I think the best experience for him is actual game experience. And for Kyle Shanahan, as we've been talking about, as y'all have said, makes it so easy. Like, you don't have he, – he can make it to where you're not reading the whole field. You don't have to go through progression, even though – that's what he did at college. Like he was running a pro style offense in college. Uh, but the, Kyle Shanahan will make it real easy. Throw this ball right behind the line of scrimmage. This guy's going to be open in this coverage. Like he's, he's going to scheme it up to where it's super easy, at least for the few first few weeks until he feels ready. But I think Kyle, I think he can start week one. I don't know if he will start week one because I don't see any landing spot for Jimmy G unless they just straight bench Jimmy G. But we're going to we're gonna go to the next pick, and we're actually going to start with you, Dad, because it is your team at number four with the unicorn, Kyle Pitts. Um, I will say this. It was, uh, you know, first three picks being quarterbacks for us. Even if we wanted to take a quarterback, the two that were left over, Mac Jones and uh, Fields, Justin Fields, were not somebody that we saw as, a, as an organization, apparently, that they were going to be a uh, dynamic. Do you think if picking- Trey was there at four, you guys would have took Trey over Kyle Pitts? I still don't think so. I I, I think it, honestly the only one would have been Trevor Lawrence. And I mean, maybe Zach Wilson, because everybody has that intangible about him for the deep ball. But Kyle Pitts is just that unicorn, like you said, he's gonna be that dynamic, versatile player. And I mean, I've already seen articles and things about us running the old school Patriots two tight end offense, and we have you know spreading out spreading out Julio and Calvin Ridley. You got two two tight ends that can catch, that can block. You know, we've got a running back that can you know pound the ball at the middle. I, I I'm really curious to see what Arthur Smith does with this offense now. Hey, Chris, what what do you think about the Kyle Pitts pick? Personally, I don't like it a whole lot for the Falcons because the Falcons have been doing this thing for quite some time where they're like, yeah, let's load up our offense with weapons, let's have a great offense, and then we might put up a lot of points, but we'll find ways to lose games. I don't think this solves their problem. I would have liked that. I, I would really like to see them trade down in the draft and take like a take like a field general. Like I immediately think of Micah Parsons and throwing him on that Atlanta defense and having a true leader. I mean, don't get me wrong, he has off the field issues, but I think he's a guy who could step in and really bring together that defense. And I mean, you look at the last time the Falcons were significant and made the Super Bowl their difference was the defense. Their, their well, defense played we had, well. We had a very young defense Super Bowl year. You got to remember that. And Deion Jones, who's our middle linebacker, is our is our general. I mean, he's he stepped up. He's played, you know, he's played sideline to sideline. He's done everything he's supposed to do. Now, don't get me wrong. Micah Parsons would have been a, bit, a, a good pick for us. 
But I think what we got in the second round helps us out. Richie Grant Richie from Grant. UCF. Yeah, that was a pickup I was happy to see. Yeah, I think I kind of I tend to agree with Chris. I think trading back and not taking a middle linebacker, taking cornerback, taking Pat Sertan or J.C. Horn would have been a better fit at, with the team need to help. But, Josh, what, what do you think about this Kyle Pitts pick? I mean, there's not a whole lot to say, I guess. But I, I agree. What do you, I'll, that, I'll rephrase this question for okay. you. What do you think? What do you think this means for Atlanta as a team? Where are they as a team, do you think? Uh, so I, I still have concerns about their defense. I mean, it's – yeah, they, they have a lot of pretty glaring weaknesses on the defense. But offensively, man, they, they look really good. I, I think it was Mike Tannenbaum from ESPN who has Ooh. been talking about – yeah, you and I – yeah, yeah we, we don't always respect his opinion. Yeah, um, I don't see why being fired from – the same job multiple times gets you credibility from but trash teams at the time different different yeah argument but he, i think it was him who was arguing about how like oh well position doesn't really matter because you're still going to cover them and so whether you're a third wide receiver or a tight end it doesn't really matter and i just disagree i think being a tight end being the size and and having the skills that kyle pitts has he can block he's not used much as a blocker but he's not a terrible blocker and then the physical attributes and honestly what are you going to do are you going to line a a nickel cornerback on him not going to work too small a linebacker not going to work can't (laughs) stay with him in coverage safety like you're going to have to try to double team him but what about julio jones and then Calvin Ridley. Like, you can't double-team three different guys. And because Pitts isn't a slot-wide receiver, he can be in there all the time. Um, I I really like what that does for their offense. Again, I think trading down makes sense. Um, even accumulating some picks in next year's draft would have been helpful. But for having to pick somebody there, I think Pitts was perfect. I So I think – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my two cents here. Um, I think with – with what they did, they better think that they can make the deep playoff run. If you take Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts is not like, I mean, he's a generational tight end. He's Mel Kuyper says he's the best tight end he's ever ranked. He's ever seen coming out of the draft, but you, that's not a pick you take unless you feel like you're ready. Like if you're team building, you, you need to team build, but taking Kyle Pitts tells me you think you're a Kyle Pitts away for making a deep playoff run. And I, and so with all this talk about Julio, if they trade Julio, you have no chance at a trade at a deep playoff run. And so taking Kyle pitch was a mistake in my opinion. And so, but you have, in my opinion, you have to keep Julio and try. If you don't, you just admit like you're just, you might as well have, you just wasted a draft pick, even though it's Kyle Pitts and he's great. You wasted a draft pick because you could have traded back as Chris said, and, and team build it a lot better. I, I will say this last year, we had the fourth, you know, beginning of the season, the fourth strongest schedule. The hardest schedule was four. We were fourth in the hardest schedule. This year, possible second easiest schedule. And we lost seven of our games by one score or less. So our defense is there. Yes, we messed up against Dallas. Oh, my God. I almost stopped being a fan after that game. But we we have – and you only the defense, won that game like, because Dallas didn't know how to recover an onside kick. No, we didn't know how to recover oh, it on. I know. I thought it was Dallas. My fault. No. Well, no. We they did the onside kick and nah, they recovered it. That's what happened. But whatever. Um, 
but yeah, I think, I think our defense does need help. Yes. But we have a new defensive coordinator. So everybody's going to have to learn new systems. Everything's going to be new. I don't know what we're going to have the old Dan Quinn defense. Yes. I would have traded back. I would have picked everything I could have for defense. The whole draft should have been defense, but with this whole new offense, this whole new system, this whole new thing, we have no idea what we're going to do yet. Chris, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come to you. We're going to, we're going to change it. And we're actually going to come to your guys, the Denver Broncos at pick number nine. No, I I know you didn't like this pick, so I'm I'm kind of interested to to hear what you had to say. Pat Sertan, who I has I had as the best cornerback, you did not have as the best cornerback in this draft. So I'm I'm curious to hear what your what your thoughts on your guys's pick here. What what I had the, who I had as the best cornerback went the pick before JC Horn. Horn. So so I still stand by that. But I'm warming up to this pick cuz you I mean you Dylan you explained this to me. I didn't I wasn't paying attention to him, but I mean a lot of our big cornerback contracts are expiring soon and this was an opportunity to add someone that's going to be under contract for a while and who's going to be a good solid corner. And I think the thing I like most about this trade, it was it was a or not trade pick. It was a really smart pick for a couple reasons. First, it leaves the door open for an Aaron Rodgers trade because the Packers need a cornerback. So, I mean, come after June 1st, I mean, I'm not saying Denver's, I mean, Denver's going to make a run for Rodgers. I mean, that's just all there is to it. And I think they drafted Patrick Sertain knowing that that's a guy that Green Bay wants. And then if we don't get Aaron Rodgers, he's still a guy who's going to be really useful for the team. So I think, I mean, as far as strategy was, I think the pick was brilliant. If Aaron Rodgers wasn't in the picture, I would not be a fan of this pick. But I also think our pick would have gone different without the Aaron Rodgers news, personally. Uh, I think, too, with with, and it kind of makes sense because Denver, or not Denver, uh, Green Bay took a corner as well. So you could see a a cornerback swap there uh, as a potential trade piece in that trade. Uh, Josh, what do you think about the Pat Sertan pick? Yeah, I, I think it was a good pick. Um, again, for all the reasons Chris mentioned, I I would have been perfectly okay with going with Micah Parsons there as well. I think Micah would have been a great fit for Denver. If it wasn't for the Aaron Rodgers possibility, um, I could have possibly seen going with Justin Fields. But at the same time, I think giving up on Drew Locke this early when Drew has had some injuries and had some difficulties with that, you know, I think sticking with Teddy B and Drew Locke is fine at quarterback defense was a good pick there so i have no problem with pat but part of me would have also been leaning michael parsons and i mean i'm just going to chime in real quick i mean i agree with that like i said without aaron Rodgers in the picture i feel like the pick is micah parsons and i think just because he fits in perfectly with the defense and it would solidify the defense but i mean i i absolutely agree and especially with the idea of giving up on drew lock so early i think it's not worth picking a possible generational talent for maybe a tiny upgrade. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think giving up on Drew Locke is pointless at this point because the last two seasons, he closed the season really well. Uh, he dealt with a lot of injuries at the beginning of last year, which I think derailed him a little bit, took him some time. But and he was I also think, without his number one all last yeah, year. Yeah, and then he also dealt with a bajillion drops by Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, all those guys. Uh, but Michael Parsons, I think that was y'all's biggest need in the draft in terms of like, and I think Michael Parsons would have been beautiful in that, in that uh, big Vangio offense, uh, but it didn't happen. So I was kind of sad to see that. 
that you got anything you want to add to the no well i'll say this with certain i mean he's six two he's physical so you gotta look at um having you know he in that in that nfc or in the afc west you know going against these these type you know top tier wide receivers he's gonna push them in he's gonna you know he's gonna bully them he's gonna you know try and get them off their game i think it's a good pick like you said it's a depth setup for him I do agree. Micah Parsons would have solidified that front seven as one of the nastiest ones in the NFL. But it, you know, this? I just thought about this. You guys are in the AFC West, which I, I know that, but you have Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr, and you have guys that they can spread out probably three to four wide receivers. So you have Kendall Fuller, Ronald Darby, Callahan and now Sertan, who you can match up with, and, like, you can strategically match guys. So I think that – putting that together, I think that's a great pick if he stays, if he doesn't get shipped off. Yeah. But I mean, that's – yeah, when, when Ty was talking, that, that, that thought also came straight to my mind is, like, yeah, we, we play against some of the best quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the NFL. Like, yeah. not saying that Derek Carr is up there, but he's definitely a good quarterback. Carr might not be there too much longer. To me, Carr's a top 15. Top 15, top well, 17. I agree. I agree at the top 15. I consider good 10 to 15. Yeah. But yeah. you got to think like someone like Sertain, even going against like, say, let's say Waller, he could at least maybe muscle up with him. So good know? Parsons. Yeah, that's true. Parsons still would be great. I'll give you that right. <laughs> you can rush the passer from up the middle. I, Parsons reminded me, and I'm going to say this, and then we're going to take a quick uh, break for an ad. But Michael Parsons reminds me a lot of Devin White. Uh, he's, he might struggle a little bit in coverage, but he can rush the passer. He's sideline to sideline, can defend the run really well. He needs to grow as a as a pass coverage guy, but that's what comes to my mind when I think of Michael Parsons. Uh, and we're going to talk about Michael Parsons in just a few minutes. But let's take a moment uh, and uh, hear a word from the soothing voice of Josh Birch with our ad. Okay, guys, welcome back. I hope you were thoroughly soothed by the, the voice of Josh Birch. <laughs> Um, we're going to move on to, to the next pick, uh, which is Justin Fields, which was maybe the biggest surprise of the draft, not because Justin Fields got drafted, but because Chicago went from 20 to, or 21 to 11 to go get Justin Fields with a trade with New York. Uh, that involved the pick swap, obviously just, or Chicago tr- giving, uh, New York their, uh, 2021, 21st overall pick in the first round, a fifth rounder they used this year, a first next year, and a fourth next year. So not actually a bad trade. They went up the same amount of spots San Francisco went from 12 to 3, and they got they gave up less. Though it was from 21 to 11 and not 12 to 3, but I didn't think they gave up as much as they sh- may, some team probably could have forced them to. <laughs> but I think, I think they had a pretty good trade out here. But um, – Chris, I want to start with you. What do you think of the Justin Field trade? Because I know he was uh, – I know you're not a huge guy on Justin Fields. I mean, I'm not a huge guy on Justin Fields, but I absolutely love this trade. I mean, this is the first time Chicago – not the first time they've traded up and taken a quarterback. They did that with Mitch. <laughs> but Bad hopefully rap this for one Mitch. Turns out Bad rap for Mitch. But. I agree. I like Mitch. But, I mean, I love this pick for multiple reasons. One, they're addressing a big need in quarterback. Um they snuck right ahead of a division rival who, I mean, reports have come out that they were planning on taking Justin Fields. So, I mean, they got him before the Vikings could get to him. 
I, I love this for, I mean, I love this for the bears. Cause for me, when the 49ers traded up to pick three, a lot of people thought, yeah, they're trading up to pick three to get Justin Fields. And then the bears come out. Oh, we're trading up to pick 11 and taking Justin Fields. Talk about a steal. I mean, look, I'm not huge on Justin Fields, but I, for a team that needs a quarterback and to give up what they did, I mean, it's just a beautiful trade and a great pick. Birch, what do you think about the the Fields pick here at, at 11? Yeah, I agree. I mean, we can debate whether or not I feel bad for Justin Fields, but I think it's a great pick for Chicago. <laughs> um, I mean, you guys know I loved Mitch. I think they gave up on him way too quickly, too easily, and why in the world you pull him and put Foles in, I don't know. But when you're looking at it from the Bears' perspective and your QB1 is Andy Dalton, you are in trouble. So that is... Autocorrect, QB2. Gosh, that is not a good situation for your team. And so you look and you see, yeah, they gave up a lot, but they didn't give up as much as could have... Yeah, it really wasn't that bad. They got Justin Fields. I know this is a small aspect of it, but... Think about, you know, he played his college football in Columbus, Ohio. And so he's used to colder weather. He's used to, to snow. Uh, I, I know that's a small aspect of it, but I thought even when Mac Jones got picked and you know, they were talking about when he arrived in New England and he was talking about like, oh my gosh, it's really windy up here. Like there is a difference of picking somebody who has only played in fair weather and that's not Justin Fields. And so I think he'll fit in in Chicago. I think he has a really good work ethic, a really good mentality that will likely endear himself to the Chicago football fans. And so all around, I think it was a good pick. Yeah, Dad, what do you think about this Fields pick here? And what do you think it, it turns the tides on uh, Nagy and uh, Pace? I think it puts a little pressure on them. Um, but I think the, the biggest thing with that one is, is I think going up and getting Fields, but then – even I'm going to, I'm going to just add this into it, getting Jenkins in the second round, who was a first round player to guard him. Uh, a, that was a smart move by the bears. And it kind of helped to push that pick that, that draft um, for them, that, that move up. Yeah. I've already said it. Justin Fields I, to me, I said it last week was my one B in a sense. He's my number two of the quarterbacks coming out of this class. I, I think He's got young receivers. He's got, you know, some fast, some speed to it. He's going to have to get accurate. He's going to have to be, you know, he's going to have to make those reads a little bit better. But I think it's a good move for the Bears. And I think Nagy's, I mean, they're on, they're all on the hook now for him. Yeah, if he doesn't perform right away, they, I mean, they're going to lose their jobs. But, I mean, it's kind of a YOLO pick. If you go into the season with just with Andy Dalton and he sucks, you're going to get fired. And yeah, which you exactly. were. Yeah, and now if you go in here and get Justin Fields and he looks fine, you probably get a contract extension and you're, well, you're I mean, going to be fine. So, And fantasy owners for Allen Robinson get excited. Allen Robinson, Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney. I, yeah. So I, wanna, I want to hate, and I really do, it's not the time right now on the Bears because of how they pooped on Mitch Trubisky uh, and whatnot, but it's not the time. So I'm not going to do that. But I think they have an average offensive line. They have some good weapons. So I think if Fields is the guy, he can go, he can do some stuff right away. They have a they have a championship level defense. I think they could do stuff right away with Justin Fields. I want to see him use his legs a little bit more, uh, especially as a rookie. When you're trying to adjust, you need to use those legs, and that's why I think Trey Lance could be helpful right away. Is because if he if he gets lost he just runs <laughs> so i want to see justin fields use his legs a tad bit 
uh, this, this with that offensive line, he's going to probably end up using his legs a little bit more. I mean, they're still working on that line. Yeah, he's going to be first too. <laughs> but how interesting is it though that with the Bears taking Justin Fields, with Aaron Rodgers possibly leaving Green Bay, the Vikings struggling, and Detroit just trading away Matt Stafford? I mean, this pick could propel Chicago to a division winner. Like that's that's all there is to it. If Aaron Rodgers isn't in Green Bay. Yeah, if Aaron Rodgers isn't in Green Bay, I think that that's an interesting question because how ready is Jordan Love? Like, can he be well, ready right away? I don't. He didn't suit up last year. He's I not agree. Ready. I well, agree. I, but I'm saying, like, can he? Like, he sat a year. Like, could he have a? Mahomes? I'm not saying he's Mahomes, but could he have that Mahomes? Like, he sat a year. Like, whatever. But I don't know, Josh. I know you want to get in. Yeah. Let Let's be honest though. Like, there's a reason Chicago had to trade up to 11. Chicago as you know, as much of a joke as they were, they weren't that bad. Like somehow with with mixed quarterback play and some really bad choices and some bad coaching decisions, they still weren't that bad of a team. So like they didn't lose much this offseason. They've even made a few good moves. So is it out of the realm of possibility that they could make at least a wild card run? I mean, if if Rodgers does come back to the Packers, the Packers win the division. I'm almost certain of that. But I'm not ruling the Bears out from making the playoffs with Fields. Agree. I, I definitely agree. Uh, that's going to move us to a guy we've already hit on a decent amount at 12, the pick right after that, which was kind of shocking because they made an interdivisional trade moving from 10 to 12 with Philly, who Philly ended up taking Devontae Smith, who I love. We're not even talking about him today a whole lot, but I love that pick. Uh, but Michael Parsons at 12, the Penn State linebacker. And Josh, since he had played for Penn State, I want to hear your thoughts on, on Micah Parsons and what you think of him as a player. Oh, yeah. So I absolutely hate that pick. Um, I hate that pick so much because I can't stand the Cowboys. And Amen, when, brother. Amen. When he got past the Broncos, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. And I was like, maybe, maybe the Giants, but then the Giants traded down. And I was like, you – have got to be kidding me. How did he slip to the Cowboys? I think Mike is a phenomenal player. Um, there are some questions about off the field issues, but honestly, I don't see it. Um, I know while he was at Penn State, he was a great leader within the team. Um, he opted out, but I'm not really concerned about the opt out as like a lack of competing. Um, I, I think it was probably wise for him. So Overall, um, yeah, just Micah is a phenomenal talent. His his coverage abilities, his his linebacker, um, just middle linebacker, but then the ability to to rush the passer is is so good. Um, yeah, I hate it, but I think this was a phenomenal pick for the Dad, Cowboys. Dad, I'm gonna ask you this. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this because you have experience with Dan Quinn. When I think of Micah Parsons and a Dan Quinn off or defense, I think of him. It could be used like Bobby Wagner was in Seattle during the Legion of Boom. That's about all you're going to get with him is maybe basically that. I mean, a but the thing is, linebacker. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> you know, with with Diggs, if he comes back healthy, um, it could be a great setup for him. I think the, the like I, I think me and you talked about. I talked about this with you yesterday or the day before. I wondered if this pick was happening because of Sean Lee retiring. And, you know, if if they're trying to put another linebacker into this, into this defense, you know, they got this guy who's, who's there for them. And, you know, you know, Lee's going away, let's get him. And you just hope that he's somewhat better or, you know, whatever, but 
you don't know what Dan Quinn's defense is going to really run. You know, I, you know, I'm wondering if, you know, this was the right pick for them. We won't know. Time will tell, I guess. So you replace a Penn State linebacker with a Penn State linebacker. Um, so that's a, a good choice. But no, I think I think they were somewhat forced into this. Okay, if one of the top cornerbacks were there, I think they'd take them. But after were, the top two go off the board, then that's out. But then with Sean Lee retiring, Leighton Vander Esch, who's a great linebacker, but just can't stay healthy. And then Jalen Smith as well. There's question marks there. He he did well coming off of that just traumatic leg injury while he was at Notre Dame. And then he played well, but then last season wasn't so sharp. And so bringing in somebody like Micah Parsons is just a, a huge boost to that defense. Don't get me wrong. This is a steal for Dallas. I this is a to, steal. I hate to say that. But it's a steal for Dallas. I mean, they traded back and still got a very a top five out of this draft overall player. Chris, what do you what do you think? You want to jump in here? I mean, I think it's a good pick. I mean, he's a perfect fit in Dallas with off the field issues. Um, I mean, it's probably <laughs> going to work out really well. They handle guys really well, so I feel like I feel like he's going to do great. Um, I th- I also think something that's interesting is. I mean, it's most likely not going to happen, but I'm interested if Denver doesn't land Rodgers, if Denver doesn't give Dallas a call and be like, hey, uh, you want your guy uh, certain? We'll take Parsons. You get a redo. We didn't get Rodgers, so <laughs> bring him home. Um, I think that might be interesting, and it's a trade that I think both sides would benefit from. That would be but, an you know, interesting I mean, trade. It would be interesting, but it wouldn't be like – I, I don't rule it out of the realm of possibility. Um, I worry about Micah Parsons because there's some curse in Dallas about middle linebacker injuries. <laughs> and I worry about him because he's on Dallas, um, period. But um, I so, think, but yeah. I, I, yeah, I think in him, I, I do want to make a, just a jab at you, Dad, because you're always like, I think he could be Bobby White. You're like, yeah, I guess he could. Like, that's all he could be, Hall of Fame <laughs> linebacker. <laughs> Well, okay, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying I'm just saying when you talked about the Legion of Boom, Bobby Wagner wasn't the top guy you talked about. That's what I'm saying. Hall of Famer. Well, okay, yeah. But you know All right, I'll take it. I'll take the I'll take the hit. Who would be the top never mind. Yeah, no, never mind. Yeah. (laughs) Not not a German. Not a conversation for right now. <laughs> but I think with that, I, I think Michael Parsons fits, though, for them because they sucked at rushing the passer last year. So you have a guy who can do that from the second level, and he can also help with the run. He can do a lot of different things for you, and he'll cover a little bit of the holes that they have on their defense. Uh, but I think with uh, in the next, we're going to go to Rashad Bateman, uh, number 27 uh, to Baltimore. Uh, Dad, I'm going to start with you. What do you think about Bateman to Baltimore? I think Bateman. Okay, I'll say it this way. Uh, for this is for Chris. Uh, Lamar Jackson has a receiver, so yeah, point blank, Lamar Jackson has a receiver now. They got him as a steal because he, yeah, he may not have been one of the top tier ones that everybody talked about, but he's he's there. So. He'll get touches. He'll get hand, you know. He'll get the ball in his hands. Ugh. I I I would say it's a good pick, but it's just one of those picks that it's it's now it's on Lamar Jackson to make something happen with him. I think I think it was a great pick. I I watched some Minnesota games because they're Big Ten and I like Big Ten football. And yeah, he's not talked about nearly as much, but man, you talk about complete package as a wide receiver. He's got the bigger body, which Lamar needs because he can't 
the broad side of a barn. Um, so Bateman should help him out with that some, but then Bateman is a, a hard nosed player. Like he can block well too. And I think he might fit in better with their scheme than some other guys might. Again, I would have loved to see him go somewhere else. If he would have went to the saints, went to the Packers, I would have loved that. Um, oh, because Packers. now he's oh. going to, that's where I had him mocked. That's where yeah. we're not go. so good for wide receivers, but I think he will really help Lamar out. Yeah. And I think also on top of that, they also drafted Tylen Wallace in the fourth. He was also a kind of a slightly bigger receiver. They're both. Ex- the thing is, is we think of Bateman. We're like, okay, he's a big receiver, big weapon, but he ran a four, three, nine. The dude has a, is a yak machine a run after the catch yards after the catch. So, but I agree. I think this is a prove it year for Lamar. You, we got you two, not only them two in the draft, but we got you Sammy Watkins, who does get hurt. So I like him adding some depth, but you got some weapons. Use them. There's no more excuses. I mean, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with their receivers once they take Julio Jones after June 1st. Um, <laughs> it's going to happen. I mean, that's all there is to it. It's just a matter of waiting till June 1st. Um, but, you know, I, I like the pick. Just because it's necessity, I mean, you don't you don't rely on trades. You never know what's going to happen with a guy being traded. So, I mean, he was the best available. So that's all there is to it, and that was their biggest need. So, so. we're gonna we're gonna move to the last pick of the first round, pick number thirty-two, the Super Bowl champions, Joe or Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking Joe Tryon, uh, linebacker out of Washington, uh, which. I'm going to be honest, I was a little surprised at the pick. Uh, it kind of caught me a, a tad bit off guard. I wasn't – when I went to bed Thursday night, wasn't super happy about it uh, because, like I said last in the in the podcast with the mock and whatnot, I wanted to take a quarterback uh, because of the fifth-year option. But the pick became better when we took Kyle Trask in the second round. <laughs> the, pick, the first round pick became a lot better in my opinion. Uh, but I like the idea uh, – I'm not going to talk too much about him because – there's not a lot of talk about him, but I think Tampa's looking towards the future because JPP's 32 years old. He's in the last year of his contract. He can learn behind JPP and Shaq Barrett, and then he'll be a rotational piece this year. And then you unleash him next year when JPP's gone, or if JPP's there and you sign him to a lower deal, uh, whatever. But I think he'll jump in right away as a rotational piece, learn how to play, and then next year will kind of be the year he kind of gets opened up. I'll say this about that pick. He has probably some of like, he's got some of the best people to learn from. And if they teach him, that's the, you just said it, you hit the, you know, that's the next step for them. You know, he's, he's going to have a year, maybe two of, you know, of, of great older linebackers, JPP and like learning from, and then he's got a great leader in Devin white, you know, to, to kind of build them up. Um, I, I agree with what you said, though, is I, I thought they would have taken somebody. I thought they took in Mills at quarterback at 32. I know we had talked about it, but um, this was a pick that surprised me, but didn't surprise me at the same time. Yeah, I think it was a smart move moving, looking forward, looking ahead, being a little proactive because we, we were in a luxury spot. We didn't have really a whole lot of needs. So I think the looking ahead and, and taking that was good. I would love to talk about Kyle Trask. I will say one thing about him. I just love the pick. Like, cause I mean, you guys know, I wanted Davis Mills. I preferred him. He had a higher upside, but I, Trask was a really, really close second for me. But the thing I love the most is that we got our guy. 
Like we didn't get the last person or the second person. We got we took the first of the second tier quarterbacks and we picked the guy we wanted. And that makes me very excited for, for that. But we're going to kind of shift gears. Uh, we've been talking about real production, real stuff, which what we're going to talk about is real, but it's fantasy. Uh, it's, it's a little bit of a we're, – we're going to take a, a, a move over, and I think I automatically have the most clout here since I have the, the Dynasty trophy sitting right next to me in the ring and whatnot. But I'll, I'll humble myself and let you guys talk a little bit. And I'm, I'm curious. Let's take a poll right here. Whoever's listening, when we post this episode, I want to hear what would you rather do? Would you rather win a trophy or would you rather win a pool of money? Because I'm the money champ. And personally, I'll take money any day over a trophy that's going to collect dust on my desk. Well, it was the first year of Dynasty. That's why it's so important. But nonetheless, uh, we're going to talk about the fantasy, the best fantasy values of these rookies. Uh, where they're going and Chris I'm going to start with you who do you think give me one guy who you think is the best who's going to have maybe fantasy impact right away standard PPR um, either in redraft or dynasty if you need to caveat it a little bit it's I mean it's hard it's really hard I'm going to give two super quick caveats I mean Trevor Lawrence is the obvious it's like like, I feel like he's just going to put up points and just because he's Trevor Lawrence um second i want to say kyle pitts just because there's such a lack of tight ends that are can put up points and he'll be an immediate fantasy impact but the guy that i think is gonna do the best as far as just putting up points right off the bat is gonna be jamar chase i'm not i it might it might be a little bit of bias but he's just I'm just giving you a hard time. (laughs) I I know you're giving me a hard time, but it's a team that, I mean, Joe Burrow, how many times when he was healthy, when he was standing upright, which was not often, how many times a game did he throw the ball? 40 plus. Every, some 50 plus. I mean, the volume for the receivers is just through the roof. So I think Jamar Chase, just from sheer volume and talent, is just going to blow up from the beginning. So, yeah, I'm definitely taking Jamar Chase. Dad, I'm gonna go with you next. Who do you? Who's uh, best? One of your guys that you're looking at uh, with best so, fantasy value. So just like Chris was saying, I mean, all all those will be to me. For me, I'm gonna go a little different because I play leagues that are both PPR and non PPR. So I'm looking at it as an all around. Najee Harris, when he goes to F- Pittsburgh and he's gonna be day one starter, he's gonna get points. He's gonna get yards. He's gonna get touchdowns. Because Big Ben is not going to throw that ball that much. He's they're going to pound that ball up the middle with him, and he's going to be dynamic. Um, uh, I mean, like you just said, Travis Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, yeah. You know, Jamar Chase, yeah. In a PPR, yeah. It, uh, you know, one of my other leagues, I wouldn't even touch Jamar Chase until sixth or seventh round, just because it's not a PPR. I mean, so, I'm, I'm curious why I, I don't I don't like Najee Harris too much. Well, I, I like him, but I just don't think he's going to get a whole lot of production in Pittsburgh. I'm just I'm just okay, I just well, I'll say this. I mean, we got a you've got an aging quarterback who can't throw the deep ball. You've got they're going to pound that ball up the middle. They're going to push that ball. That's what they're going to do. And he's going to be the he's the workhorse. Who else do they have to do it? I mean, so, Benny Snow, but he's, I mean, he might be. You just answered your own question. Yeah. You just answered your own question there. 
Um, McFarland, I think, is a second round running back out of Maryland who did show some promise. But Ty, I'm with you. I think Najee Harris is up there as one of my favorite fantasy picks because he can catch the ball as well. He didn't have too much at Alabama, but he can catch. So if you're in a PPR points per reception league, um, he's going to get you some of that extra value. I, I like Jamar Chase. It scares me a little bit having him be there with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. But again, like you said, volume, there are going to be enough passes going around and that connection with his college quarterback. But then when you're looking at college quarterback connections, you could look at Jalen Waddell there in Miami as a good pick. But I think Devonta Smith even more so in Philly because I still think their defense is going to be kind of trash. And so they're going to have to be catching up. And then who else? I mean, Jalen Rager, if he's actually healthy, is a decent guy. But other than their tight ends, there aren't many people to be, you know, what? They had a former Greg Ward, a former quarterback, was one of their leading receivers. That's a rough situation. Smith is talented. He's going to get open. And there is a bit of that connection there with Hurts. And so you, I like that as an option. Do you think Jalen Hurts hurts his <laughs> Jalen Hurts's production? Because I just don't see him as a good passing quarterback. And I just see their offense is going to be, they're going to attempt to ground and pound and it's not going to work. I, but, I think Jalen might be a better passer than many are expecting. Again, I, I would not pick Devonta Smith very early, but I think he could have a surprising upside. He's the guy I would look for in that kind of mid to, the, to sleeper type range of a guy who could really go off and put up a lot of production. And then just to circle back quickly, Kyle Pitts, because of the positional value. When you have a tight end who's going to put up wide receiver numbers, there's that volume issue again, but until Atlanta's defense proves they can stop a nosebleed, there's going to be enough volume. So Kyle Pitts is going to get those points, but as a tight end instead of a wide receiver. So just better value there. Yeah, I actually really like the Devontae Smith. Uh, that's not who I'm taking, but I'm making my comment. Uh, with the volume, with Hertz, even if Hertz isn't a passer, Devontae's going to get the majority of the workload as the number one because uh, Jalen Rager, they should have took Justin Jefferson last year and not, they passed on him. Uh, and so I think he's going to get a lot of work, but I'm going a little bit of a sleeper. I'm going to the, I'm going to a later round pick and it's Diami Brown going to the Washington football team. Uh, UNC product has posted back-to-back thousand-yard receiving uh, receiving seasons, averaging twenty yards a catch uh, in both of those seasons, at totaling twenty touchdowns over two years. I think with Fitzmagic in there, with a decent offensive line, plus you have Terry McLaurin on the other side, he's not going to get Brown's not going to get the 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 bulk of the defensive looks. I think he has a the chance to be a sleeper pick who I, I think more in dynasty formats, maybe two, three years, but right away, I think he could have a 50, 60, 70 catch season for seven, eight, 700 to 900 yards and five, six, seven touchdowns. I think he could have a really good impact right away and be maybe a flex consideration in fantasy. But who do you think is the best? Not as far as sleeper. I'm curious. The best value like number one whatever i'd probably go like i think josh made a good point positional value got kyle pitts but i mean if i'm gonna go quarterback right away i think if if trey lance starts week one with his legs i think he could be a top seven or eight fantasy quarterback if he starts week one and 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 whatnot and everything breaks right i think he could be 
a really good fantasy value. But in terms of everything, Kyle Pitts is probably – Kyle Pitts or Najee Harris, immediate fantasy impact week one. Those are the guys I would say. But sleeper for me is is Brown and, and whatnot. But that's going to close out our episode to this week. Uh, again, be sure to like, comment, uh, subscribe on, on Spotify. We're hoping to get this out on Apple really, really soon. And also comment and give us some feedback. We really appreciated y'all's feedback on the mock uh, and having those discussions and, and all the other discussions that we had on the top five and, and everything. So keep talking, keep giving us your opinions. We enjoy getting to talk back with you. So with that, we're going to close out. Uh, we'll catch y'all next week. See y'all.